Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? Um, very unwell. I apologise uh, to anyone listening to this because you, my voice is normally monotone and it will be even more monotone. So I do apologise. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, you big crybaby, mate. I'm fine. Feel sorry for me, everybody. <laughs> um, speaking of feel, feeling sorry, let's... Uh, we're going to start off very, very briefly with uh, Arsenal away at the Emirates. Um, I think first half, I thought, was pretty respectable. They they were forced to score a very, very smart Gabriel Martinelli header. Seems to be a recurring theme, doesn't it, with Martinelli against Forest? But um, yeah, I scored a very, very good goal. Kind of held our own a little bit. I'm not saying we were good. I'm saying held our own. And then the second half starts and it's... Just, just gets a bit silly, doesn't it? Really, gets a bit silly. Yeah, I think, uh, I think gets a bit silly is a good, a good summary of it. For me, I was on a stag do in Belfast. I was in the Crown Pub watching the game on my phone. Um, so the man. first half with my limited six-inch view, um, which sounds spicy than it is. Um, <laughs> the game, the first half, I thought we were still in it. Um, Still in it on six inches. But mm. then, yeah, the second half, uh, after 3-0, I just turned it off. I thought, yeah, the game set and match. There's no point. I'll just carry on drinking. So I didn't actually watch the end of the game. I imagine it was more of the same. Uh, wasn't wasn't the best performance. Uh, but they are literally top of the league. Not a City now top of the league since then or are Arsenal no, still top? Arsenal. Arsenal. Well, there Arsenal. you go. Um, the golfing yeah. class was quite apparent in that second half. And I think one of the the second half bits that I saw, probably one of the only times you could really question the, the output of most of the players. So, yeah, quickly move on from yeah. that because it, it wasn't great. Yeah, I think it collapsed very quickly second half. I think they came out with the idea of, let's put it to bed type thing. Because I think the longer it goes on, obviously, the more momentum the the... The, the lower level team gains, I suppose. So I think they came up with a clear plan of trying their best to kick us, kick us hard type thing. Um, so yeah. So swiftly moving on to um, Brentford at home. Now I was very, very fortunate to snag a last minute free ticket that, well, I got two tickets. So my mum came with me, um, took her to Poets. She had a swell time. She had half a Guinness. Um, she even Oof. drove, which was a, which was a lovely break from uh, public transportation after the game. Uh, it, do you know what? Honestly, the first half, up until the moment that we'll discuss in a minute, the first half was one of the most encouraging first half, even including last season. I just thought we played really well. You know, we knew that we were going to have the ball. We counterattacked really well. We were positive. There was really good movement up top. I, I'd struggle to think of anything that could have, you know, for me, I think we'll come on to the penalties separately, but, you know, at least one definite and one, you know, I understand why that was kind of questionable, the Yates push, but yeah, it's just, it was really, really positive. And I remember thinking in my head, like we could legitimately and be two, three, four up here. Um, and then, you know, what happens happens. And, and I think it's, you know, let's discuss the penalties afterwards because that's a whole separate thing, isn't it? 
but yeah, that happens and they it, they go in level and, and we could have collapsed and, and I don't think we did, JJ. Yeah, it was a very, very encouraging first half. One of the best we've played definitely this season, um, which was really nice to see. I think Gibbs White played out of his skin, which was really good to see. Um, Dennis and Johnson was quite an interesting uh, partnership in front of him. I don't know whether that made the difference or whether that gave him a bit more leeway to to play the way he did, but we did seem to have a, a good bit of control. Um, Brentford aren't a bad side either. I know they're missing Ivan Tony, um, but well they're, still, they're still a well-organised, smart team. Unfortunately, as much as I dislike him, Thomas Frank is a, a wise manager. Um, so it's not that they were poor. I think we were just very, very good. And for if the decisions went our way and if they didn't get that penalty, I think we probably would have put the game to bed. Um, yeah. I mean, let's just let, let's just talk about the penalty that, that happened on the, the stroke of half time because for me, I was absolutely raging. I was sat here watching it and I was absolutely raging. If they give that penalty, they have to give the others. And that's just... That's just it. And it was so frustrating to see. I mean, we'll ignore the fact I said we'll talk about them in a minute, but <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it for me it was just it's just it's not what VAR's for. Like I understand that it's it's a potential penalty, so it has to be checked. I've got no issue with that. I don't understand what was clear and obvious about it. So you, you have so it's a potential penalty, it's potentially a foul in the box, that's fine, no issue checking it. They've looked at it and gone, uh, um, maybe that's not clear and obvious. Play on. And I keep I keep I think I've mentioned a few times, I think there should be a a, a time limit for VAR checks. It should be 30 seconds. If you if you're not clear after 30 seconds whether or not to send the referee to look or to give him a decision, it's not clear and obvious. Um a, a, a secondary problem with VAR as well was that I was in the ground at the other end of the pitch. I was sat lower cloth next to the away fans and you sat at home watching it for a dodgy stream, knew more about what was happening with the VAR check than I did when I was in the ground. So you knew that they were checking, they, you know, they'd already moved on to checking it for offside. So he was definitely going to be giving us get sent to watch it. It's just absolutely farcical. I don't know, you know, you look at rugby, which have used a, a version of uh, VAR, which is the TMO, I think they call it, for years and years and years. And one of the ways that it works really well is that everyone can hear what the referee says, what he's asking to check, what what he wants to see, and it just would. I think referees and VAR and the you know the kind of officials in general are, are trying to hide behind this weird cloak of invisibility of not letting people see what they're doing, and it just I, it it enrages me you know just explain what what you think you've seen and why you think you've seen it and very few people you know can disagree with it but you can't really argue with a well-reasoned version of events can you so yeah i just it, for me watching on the replay it's not clear to me whether or not henderson clips him what is clear is that he gets the thumb on the ball i don't know how it's given i don't i don't understand how it's given as a penalty yeah there's the whole thing if if it's a penalty, then it should be a red card, is what they were saying on, on commentary. Because mm, mm. um, he tries to get the ball. Right, okay. It's double jeopardy. If he tried... So I if thought he, double jeopardy had... If he, 
Gone. Start uh, at, to some degree. Going all the way season. around, double jeopardy came in. So right. if he tried to pull him back by the shirt or by the shoulder or something, then it would be a red card because he's not tried to play the ball. But if he'd like slid, slid him with his legs or did what he did where he's tried to swipe the ball. So what I presume they're saying is that he missed the ball and swiped Wissa. So he's tried to swipe the ball, but in trying to swipe the ball, he's missed it and swiped the player. That's why it's not a red card. Right. Well, either way, the, if, if he did make contact, it was minimal on a player that was already on his way down. Um, you can't see it. You can't see it. What you can see is his thumb hit the ball. You see his thumb hit the ball. You can't You can't guarantee and you can't legitimately say he's, he's touched Wissa. Yeah. And yeah. Unless I, you can clearly, you know. It's, it's frustrating, particularly when you've got the Emmanuel Dennis one. Um, I think there was a City penalty. Stonewall, Stonewall um, penalty. City penalty, Stonewall literally penalty. identical, which was given on the same day. So the inconsistency with VAR is is vast. I so don't, I don't understand why the Emmanuel, why the Emmanuel Dennis and the Kevin De Bruyne ones were brought into question. They're both going one way and get, you know, where it, I say kicked, they get even if it's tapped, it's tapped the other way, you know, on the back of the ankle, on the, on the Achilles or whatever. I don't, I don't understand how it's not a penalty. How, how either 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 of them could not be a penalty. I don't, I just don't understand, you know, like the, I know there's a whole argument around, you know, all the, all the pundits and that are saying that Kevin De Bruyne was a, was a clever dive, clever, clever play. And the Dennis one was a dive and that, but he, they both essentially got kicked off the feet while they're going the opposite way. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how VAR could look at either of those and say they're not a penalty. I don't understand how the referee could look at either of those and say they're not a penalty. Yeah, I can't. I can't understand why one would be clever and one would be a, a dive. That just feels a little bit biased to me. Um, what? Awkward. But it was. Um, it, it's 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 just not great. And whoever's decision it was to, because normally when we've been at the Forest games at the City Ground and a VAR decision's made, you don't typically see the VAR replay afterwards. Um, so to put it up on I the think- screen. Um, uh, our friend our friend explained that they have to show it if the decision is opposite to the on-field decision to explain why right if that makes sense because I thought the same thing I, I didn't think that, I thought they weren't allowed to show controversial replays that's why they didn't show a replay of the Dennis tackle or the Yates or the Yates push which the Yates push is the one I, I, I think more of those need to be given as fouls you know there's those kind of that kind of shoulder bars rule. It's not very often you see people actually shoulder to shoulder. It gets pushed. The fact of where is it in the penalty area or not? I can't even. You know, might not be, which is I suppose fair enough. But if the referees told him that's a foul, but it was just outside the box, and why is the referee not giving it? Mm. Yeah, it's and just very frustrating. Very frustrating, mm. and you know the the booze at half time. Yeah. cemented the fact that the referee and VR has had an absolute shocker. Um, I think the referee, it sounded like the referee had a few things thrown at him at half time. Um, mm. I imagine he was not a popular man going into that tunnel. Um, and for good reason, it was, it was awful. And the second half after what just happened, I felt very frustrated um, and annoyed. And then st- Start of the second half wasn't fantastic, in my opinion. Lost a bit of the fire, didn't we? Yeah, I think frustration maybe got the better of us. Um, a 
goal reminded me in similar ways to the Everton goal we conceded where it was just a sort of through on goal and that's we're done in in one foul swoop. Oh, I think I think I think you're doing that that goal a bit dirty there. So I read an uh, athletic article today with a saying that uh, one reason Cooper's looking forward to might be looking forward to having near Carte, Bali and Bardi fit is to kind of although Cook and McKenna have been playing well, they both got caught flat flat footed for both goals. The ball over for this and that, and then the second one. But like, I think that does a really bad service to the ball over the top and the run, and the finish from this, the the, the lob from Visser. That was kind of the end we were sat at, and lovely finish. The the ball over the top was just perfect. And I think sometimes we get, you know, people get a little bit too caught up in saying that the defender was at fault. Sometimes it's just a good goal. I wasn't criticizing defense as such. It was just. No, no, a, I'm sorry. I don't mean. Sorry, I don't mean you. I mean pundits in general. They, yeah. you know. Somebody has to be at fault for everything. Whereas I think sometimes it's you know that was just a really good ball of the top and a really good run. I, I, I yeah, I more meant out position or anything. Yeah. I more meant one ball over and and goal sort of thing. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, it was yeah, a good no, ball. Yeah, yes, it was it, good yeah. finish, but it it was relatively easy yeah. for them. Despite it didn't come from a good player, did it? It was. It, I think feel like they just won the ball back and one pass into the middle. We chipped that ball of the top and it's in the back of the net, isn't it? So mm. I, I get your point, but yeah, it was a. Absolutely wonderful pass and a great finish. So yeah, great finish. Um, two one up for Brentford. I thought, here we go again. Um, you know, controversial. We're leading at home. We don't deserve to be down. I thought this this is it. But we 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 started to grow into it again. Positive signs. I thought we definitely looked like scoring. I just. Mm. It's one of those where you look like scoring, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be our day, sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think Cooper made the the right calls for subs. It, it did help us. Yeah. Um, so credit mm-hmm. to him for that. And eventually, it paid off in a very bizarre circumstance, but it did pay off nonetheless. Um, and it felt yeah. felt like justice because, as I was sort of messaging you, like I'd felt really robbed at that point. I still felt half robbed at getting a draw from that because of the VAR controversies. It wasn't just the one penalty for them, one penalty shot for us. It was a few for us, one that shouldn't have gone for them, in my opinion. So I did still feel slightly robbed, but I think the fight to get a point in the last minute, that's that momentum is pretty huge and that fight is pretty huge um, to sort of... We, at times this season, I think we've lacked a bit of character in some games. Um yeah. And last season, yeah. we always seem to get a last minute goal or fight to the end. And yeah. it's nice to see that element of our game sort of creep back in. I think I'm going to do what I think is a really nice segui now into the next game. Is uh, I think at the end of that game, I remember thinking, and I, I think I messaged it you after the, after the final whistle. So I, I remember it got, kind of got to the 90th minute and watched the next kind of four. I remember thinking to myself, at least we were on top though. Even if we lose this game, you know, the last four minutes has been all us. We've been, you know, they've, we've not, we've, we've given it a good go. And obviously then we get the last minute goal. I think your point around having some character and some personality was absolutely right. It felt very much like last season, last season's Steve Cooper team when we you know it was a never say die type of tactic, which takes us nicely into uh, Tottenham Hotspur in the cup, which was a, I think it was a sold out city ground on a Wednesday night in the Carlin Cup, Carlin Cup, League Cup. Um, which, and, and, you know, I think I said, was it this morning when I said, 
in our group chat around you know that that was a that was a vintage Steve Cooper team that was that was a that was that was you know why we were all that's that's why we all just can't get enough into it JJ yeah I mean I said to you before we started recording this I woke up this morning and I sort of felt like it did last season with like a a classic forest performance from last season you did remind me that what you're on about we have just beaten Liverpool three games ago. Three games ago. But yes, we did beat Liverpool and yes, I woke up feeling great the next day. Well, hung over the next day, but still happy. Um, but this, I woke up feeling this way because like you say, this was a vintage Steve Cooper performance. This was mm. more of the character. Liverpool game was good, but this felt great, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. A really positive no, performance. Yeah. And I think I wasn't really surprised either. I thought we played very similarly in the league game. I think the difference was probably that Harry Kane hadn't played every minute of every match up until that point because it was only two matches in or, or whatever it was. Um, but I, you know what? I can't help but feel there was a little bit of twinge in me inside of thinking like, if we could have stopped Harry Kane's score, he scored after like three or four minutes, didn't he, in the, the league game. If we could have stopped that, that could have been how the league game went because it was a very similar performance and... When you consider that was pretty much their, with maybe the exception of Son, who was injured, mm. that was pretty much their first team. And that was definitely not our first team. So it was really, really impressive. Great to see Renan Lodi get a goal and an assist for Jesse Lingard. The second goal, Jesse Lingard's goal, was just fabulous. That ball in from Aurier, the nod back across from Surridge, and, you know, Jesse Lingard doing exactly what you want your number 10 or your box to box midfielder to do and follow in. It was amazing. Um, I can't. I can't think. There was enough negative to say. You know, even Mangala's second yellow. I didn't see the second tackle because my my stream lagged. Um, and the first tackle, he it was when he dropped uh, Jed Spence, which is what he had to do because Spence was towering through. Um, but side note, great to see the reception Jed Spence got. Um, I know we got the same in the league, but yeah, he got some time and no, hearing the you know one the. Warnock said Jess Spence was rubbish song again was was really nice it still hurts to see him not in a not in a forest shirt though he used to play um, for a yeah, big club was the uh, used to play, <laughs> was, yeah, was a great did, one I like that um, but yeah it just um, I can't think of anything bad to say about that performance <laughs> when you can see we've had a red card is 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 odd but you know just nice to see Joe Worrell playing played really well um Aurier again fantastic Nico Williams looked good when he came on uh, Mangala looked really good again got a red card uh, Yates played well uh, Lewis O'Brien played I, I, yeah all of them yeah just fantastic there, there is nothing bad to say um, only positives I think Lingard had the best game in his first shirt for us he was fantastic um, I think it was very similar to the way he played against um, he played well against West Ham didn't he mm. This was better yeah. for me. Um, he looked. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was the same. I'm just saying he, you know, it was that kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the setup of having the one one of them behind the two, so be it Lingard or Gibbs White, is going to give um, Steve Cooper some selection problems. It's really good to have two talented people. Because that's what that's that what role. he was playing before, wasn't he? Mm. But not with the. He was playing that before when we had the back five. Yeah, and no, then they tried to shoe on both of them into it, essentially. Mm. Uh, which so I it's don't interesting think works. to see that how, how 
interesting how well it worked with the back with the four three three. So yeah, yeah. Mean, so so this sort of a four three one two now, and I think that might be the the blueprint going forward because the last two games in particular, you can see that it's got the best out of Lingard and Gibbs White. Um, but Lingard had a great mm. game, um, tried really hard, and you know it finally paid off. He got an assist and he got his goal. Surridge, I think, has got to have staked a claim for a start there with that performance. He should have scored one. Great save by Forster, so I'd put that yeah. down to a good save. He made a um, good save from Johnson as well, didn't he, at the end? He did. In fact, Forster made several good saves. I think it could have been three, four or five if it wasn't for him because yeah. Lingard also had a header at a, and a oh, pretty did, much yeah. an empty yeah. goal in the first half. So it was very good. And Surridge's work rate, like I say, he didn't get a goal, but the things that he does off the ball and his movement causes problems and he drags people out and he gets people into play. Um, and he's, you sort of forget just how good he is. I always said, I think he's the best finisher at the club, but it's the things that he does off the ball, which go unnoticed or misremembered at times. So he was fantastic. Mangala was incredible. Um, really sad to see him get a suspension. The second tackle you can't really do that. He just sort of scissored him from behind. Yeah. So it's probably deserved. But what he put a ball through for, I think it was Johnson at the end, which sort of yes, yeah, beautiful yeah. ball, great yeah. vision. So he was fantastic. Yates and O'Brien didn't stand out in any way, but they played well, which is good. No, you don't see, I thought O'Brien was really good. I thought O'Brien was really good. They were both good, well, Yates, but I mean, Yates they didn't, they didn't stand out in terms of, being disappointed or anything. They were just, they were very good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Um, Seven out of them. Bolly again, you know, he didn't stand out doing anything massively impressive or massively disappointing. So I think a good performance. Good to see Worrell. Hennessy, his distribution is much better than Henderson's. Made some great saves. Um, and the fullbacks, I think, were, were it for me. Um, Lodi had, I think, also his best game in a first shirt. He finally was on a, a winning Forest side for the first time, which was good to see. Mm. Great finish. Um, but Serge Aurier, I say this most weeks now, didn't want him, but he's sort of become our most reliable, consistent player at the minute. And he had a fantastic yeah. game. And when he took the ball off Taiwo, you know, bursting down the wing and putting a lovely cross for Surridge to head back for Lingard's goal. Um I'd like to see more of that. I thought he was I thought he was excellent again. So I know he had problems in the past of being inconsistent where for every really good game he'd have an absolute shocker or get himself sent off or something. So hopefully he can continue in this form for a bit longer. I know we've got a bit of a break, but I've got to say at the moment that I was wrong to say that I didn't want him because he's only impressed me. Ah, you weren't wrong. I think that assumption was 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 fair but yeah like you say he's you know he's proven why PSG spent money on him why Spurs spent money on him why VRL gave him a chance so yeah more, more than fair enough um, so I suppose leads us into Crystal Palace um, I thought Crystal Palace was doing really well this season but they're not are they um, it was, I think they've still got a, a good performance in them uh, they've also got Wolf Sahara, Wolf Sahar, haven't they? And Odson Edouard and yeah. some really good players, Michael Elise, uh, Iberieze. So, got some really good players there. Um, I think when they click, they will really will click. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise everyone and go. I think it'll be a Forest win. I think it'll be one nil. 
Um, and, I, and obviously, I want the three points. But the main reason I want the three points is I think if we break that eleven point barrier, we you know we beat Derby's record before before the World Cup. I think that's that's a huge that's a huge point to be at. Only a third of the way into the season before the before the World Cup, and Steve Cooper gets some real time with the players and. It's just a really positive place to be in, I think. Yeah, I think if we win, we get off the. We could possibly get off the foot of the table, which I think is important. Um, if mm-hmm. results go away, um, and if we win, results go away. We're still one or two points, and in the mix of all the teams around us. So you come back from the World Cup after that, and it's it's game on. It's like we sort of start the season again, mm-hmm. and a win. The foot a win in the first game back, which is against Man United away. Whoops. Um sort of froze his back up there. And then Chelsea afterwards. When we get to January, um a few wins could really throw us back up there into the mix. So I think a win here would be huge. Crystal Palace do have a good yeah. side. They've got Ayu, Zahar, Eze, Elise, Gray, um, the keeper's very good. What's his name? Guaita. Yeah. Mitchell. They've got a very yeah, good side. Um, very young, very either. quick. Um, I think it's going to be a very difficult game. The thought of their front three of, if they're playing Ayu, Zahar, Eze, Elise, blah, blah, blah. Those players up against Steve Cook and Scott McKenna concerns me slightly because they are relatively slow. Um, but, you know, we've shown in the last few games that we can defend well, we can stop quick players and we can, you know, stop good teams. So I think there's nothing to fear. The last two home games we've played fantastic and the crowd's lifted us, but the performance on the pitch has also lifted the crowd, which is the most important thing. So I'm going to go for a first win. I'm going to predict 2-0. I think it might be a bit more difficult and we might have to wait till the second half for a goal, but uh, I'm expecting a good game. I'm looking forward to this one and I'm looking forward to, to going to the lovely city ground and if I don't have COVID, that is, and, and watching the boys play. So <laughs> I think it's, I think I, I do like Palace and I do like what they're about. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. I think what one thing I, I'm really keen on is not to, is for people not to get kind of hung up with this whole us being bottom. We are in no way, shape or form capacity cut off, cut adrift. I, I know I'm too positive for my own good, but we are only three wins away from where Liverpool are in the league. That's, you know, and I know we had, you know, it, again, I'm being super positive, but that's when we're, no, when we were watching the game last night, the commentator said that we're rooted to the bottom of the table. Well, yeah. we're not though, are we? Not in any way, shape or form. So just yeah. don't, as don't, an don't example, the league table. As an example, if we're rooted to the bottom of the table, if Bournemouth lose by four goals on Saturday, you know, and we win by two or three, we're then out and, you know, Southampton and Wolves, their result goes well. Just takes a few results to go your way. We're, we're not in the bottom for anymore. Um, and after that, you know, you'd one or two points from up to about 10th, 11th. So maybe not 10th, maybe that's a bit high, but the, the, the league is very tight. Um, at this stage, it feels like it's there's quite a few teams that could be worse than us. We only really need three teams to be worse than us, and I think there's a few candidates at the minute. Um, 
Bournemouth, Southampton, Wolves, Everton, West Ham, Villa being the main and Leeds being the main yeah. candidates at the minute. So it's it's definitely not over. Um, we've got a lot to hope for. Um, yeah, don't 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 write us off. You'd be stupid to write us off, as, as Mister Clough would say. Absolutely. So just before we just before we leave, you have a quick question question that I posed after. Um, Nathan Jones' appointment at Southampton last night is that had we, let's say we lost to Sheffield United on penalties or we lost to Huddersfield in the final, which I'd like to point out we did not and we are in the Premier League. Um, let's say that did happen on Nottingham Forest in the Championship. Steve Cooper is still in charge and we come into the season and would he right now still be Forest manager given the given the positions that have become available during the course of the Premier League season? So that's Bournemouth, Chelsea, Wolves, Villa, Southampton, and I feel like there's one more, JJ. Brighton. Or is that it? Brighton. Is that it? Brighton. Brighton, of course. Um, do you think he'd still be Forest manager? And if not, where do you think he would be? Is that to me or to the listeners? That's to you. That's to me. Um, I, I, w- I can't see him if he if we didn't let's, go up. I, I just can see him going to Brighton or Southampton. I think it, even when I we say, let's make it a, let's make it a little easier. Let's presume he wouldn't go to Bournemouth. No, because it happened too too early. He wouldn't go to Chelsea because Chelsea probably wouldn't have gone for him. So we're looking at Wolves, Villa, Brighton, or Southampton. I think Wolves and Villa have clearly gone for European pedigree, bigger names. Brighton and Southampton, I fit. I think fit the criteria of who Steve Cooper is, a young manager who plays positive football and has sort of well, a clubs. bright future. So I, I wouldn't. They were sniffing around him even when we are in the prem, and he's got a new contract. So I think yeah. being in the championship makes him even more accessible. So. I would love to think he's, you know, dedicated enough to stick with us. But I, I wouldn't, I couldn't see past him going to Brighton or Southampton. And it would have been deserved as well because he is a fantastic coach. Yeah. Um, I'm just very glad that we've we've managed to stick by him. And <clears throat> a few weeks ago, there was talk of potentially getting rid of him. So I'm so pleased that this is a theoretical question and not a a real, real question. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, well, there will be another match day vlogging coming after uh, Saturday because young Joshua is coming down from the uh, the heights of uh, Northern England to watch the game. Me, JJ and my father will be watching the game. We'll be in Poets before the game. If anyone who wants to come for a pint, please don't be scared. Please come say hello. The best pub in Talk about football with us. <laughs> um, and yeah if you're listening for the first time ever thank you very much for tuning in and if you've come back we uh, we love you very much you reds bless up